Ladies and gentlemen, this is Matt Sin, also known as Russell Life Matt, and welcome to Indie Focus. This is where we sit down with someone who is working or has worked in independent wrestling, and we learn more about them. Today, I'm here with the unholy Isaiah James. How you doing, man? I am good, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm glad we finally were able to to connect and, and get the show on the road. Yeah, same. I know there was a little miscommunication once, uh, once or twice, but glad I'm finally here. We're going to blame that on time zones. Things happen. Yes. No problem. No problem at all. <laughs> so let's, uh, before we actually get into wrestling, tell me a little bit about yourself. What are your likes and dislikes? Oh, I am very boring. <laughs> are you? <laughs> I don't know if I believe it. I've seen your gimmick. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, um, I am a big introvert, I guess. Uh, I don't really go out okay. of like this whole quarantine thing. I mean, yeah, it's hit my pay. As far as I can't wrestle and I can't, uh, like I have a personal trainer uh, on my uh, in my shoot life. Uh, if we want to talk about that, um, uh-huh. so I've lost all my all my pay. But like I don't go out to bars and I don't go out to restaurants a lot, other than doing wrestling shows. Uh, this is kind of like the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, like I said, I'm a pretty boring guy. Uh, I uh, pretty big introvert. I'm uh, married. Uh, just recently got married back in September. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, been wrestling about, uh, 10 years as of May. No, I'm sorry. April 3rd of, uh, 2010. That was my first match. So I've been wrestling officially 10 years now. Um, based out wow, of that's awesome. uh, Houston, Texas, um, trained originally by, uh, Matthew Palmer and his wife, Ember Moon at the MPX Center in Dallas, Texas. Currently, I train and wrestle for uh, Booker T's Reality of Wrestling. That's super cool, man. That's super cool. And you're in school as well, right? Yes. Uh, I just recently started. I am back in school for the first time in 13 years. I graduated high school in 2006. Didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. So I was like, I'm going to take a year off and not go to college. Uh, that turned into 13 years later. I am back in school. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but, do you have you met, you got a major picked out yet? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm like I said earlier. I'm a personal trainer. Uh huh. In my shoot life. Um, but that's kind of uh, uh, pushed me in the direction of going towards a uh, getting my associates in a uh, physical therapist assistant. So uh, eventually, that's I cool, man. And then maybe down the line, you could be talking to Doctor Unholy uh, as a as an <laughs> therapist. <laughs> but yeah, I just started in uh, January, so I'm at the last couple of uh, next week is my final week of this semester. I might do a summer one. I might take a few weeks off, but at the encouragement of my wife, we're probably talking about a summer semester. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, man, I, I'm like you, I was homeschooled for nine years from first to ninth grade. So I was built for this. Like I can stay home, play video games, work on my podcast, hang out with my wife. Like I'm, I'm cool with this, man. This, this, this staying inside thing isn't bothering me at all. Exactly. Yeah. I'm totally cool with it. I, I went to public school, but you know, I had friends and everything, but during the summers I didn't really go out. I played my PlayStation PlayStation 2. I was all up in the wrestling games, all always like I would wake up at six or seven. I'd play until three or four in the morning and then take a nap and get right back on it. Okay, so this is kind of wrestling related. I have a whole list of questions we're going to go through, but 
I'm having fun talking about this. So, favorite wrestling video game of all time? Oh, we could talk about this all day. You had to pick this subject. <laughs> so, I actually collect wrestling games. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I The only thing I don't have is the SmackDown vs. Raw series. Um, and okay. I don't have a PlayStation 2 currently. But I have all the Legends of Wrestling games. Uh, I have every wrestling game that was on N64. I don't have an Xbox because there was that there was WWE Raw. But anyways, I want to say my favorite wrestling game of all time is probably uh, No Mercy on N64. Yeah, it's that or it's got that's a, a good answer. Uh, SmackDown versus no, not SmackDown versus Raw. SmackDown Here Comes the Pain with Brock on the cover. Yes, that is my favorite one of all time. Yes, and I, I like Revenge better than No Mercy, even though No Mercy is a better game because I was a WCW kid. Right. But I'm there with you. Those are my top two as well. If they could just like stop doing the 2K stuff, remake the uh, you know no, uh, no Mercy, but on a you know new gen platform, just recreate the storyline mode. Like it was so so good on how it branched out in so many different ways. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I'm down with it. You know, they canceled 2K21. Yes, and uh, I think that was the right decision, honestly, because 2K20. Yeah. 2K20 was miserable. Yeah, I was looking forward to it because it was like a new dynamic with the with the uh, the two characters on the story mode. So I was really looking forward to it, but it sank faster than the Titanic. So, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably the worst oh game, my gosh. worst wrestling game in existence. Oh man! So moving into our wrestling questions, I already know the answer to this, but I'm gonna let you elaborate a little bit. So the question is: Did you watch a lot of wrestling growing up? Which I know the answer is yes, since you played all those video games. So Absolutely. what did you watch, and who? You know, what what promotion did you root for? I was a WWF kid. I okay. Um, actually, I have to credit my entire pro wrestling career, uh, me and even liking pro wrestling, to my mom. She was a huge pro wrestling fan. Um, Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I grew up in the house where the, my dad actually hated pro wrestling. He didn't understand it, didn't give a you know, didn't give a crap about it. My mom was a huge pro wrestling fan. We would watch Monday Night Raw uh, every Monday, and uh, I remember when I was like a, a real young kid, we didn't have like I didn't watch the early Monday Night Raws. Like I did a little bit, but I remember watching the Saturdays where they would do. Uh, like it was just like a regular WWF superstars or something like that. I think it was actually Saturday night main event. Yeah, I would watch that a lot of my grandmother's house. And then when we finally got cable, we finally started watching Monday Night Raw. But I watched that every Monday. And uh, I remember when I was uh, when I was a little kid again, kind of backtracking. But we had this uh, box of VHS tapes in my uh, closet, and it just had like Ninja Turtles, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, AWA, like old AWA tapes. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know how the heck we got a hold of it, but I just remember having this box of like toys, those VHS tapes. Uh, if it wasn't pro wrestling, it was Ninja Turtles or some kind of entertainment to keep me interested. Uh, so my mom and dad uh, uh, didn't have to worry about me too much. But then I want to say when I was... Gosh, I was so little. The very first like memory I have of my life is like my mom 
uh, and my grandmother taking me to, uh, I think it was Global Wrestling Alliance. Uh, it was the old WCCW, uh, where the Sportatorium okay. was in Dallas. Um, but I remember walking in, and I'm a little kid with my grandmother and my mom, and uh, I see Jeff Jarrett in the ring. And this is my first pro wrestling experience, like live. So Jeff right. is the first person I ever saw in a ring, like physically. And uh, like I think that's the earliest memory of my life. Like that's a huge thing for me. So I did get to see like local wrestling as well as WWF. That's really great. So when you, so you, did you go to like the, the a lot of independent shows as a kid? I like I I saw the I saw the global at I saw global at uh, Sportatorium and I remember like I said Jeff Jarrett and I remember seeing the Renegade yeah. there before he ever debuted in WCW. Oh my gosh, I remember him. Yeah, I uh, I was in the I remember this. Uh, he, I was in the crowd and I was on the my chair cheering for something. I don't even remember who was in the ring, but I just remember the Renegade running down the. Uh, the stairs like right next to us because he would come out of the crowd and it was like he was just four feet from me but then like when i got older in my early teens 14 15 i actually did get to go to uh pcw here uh it was in arlington uh texas okay that's where uh lance archer came from tim storm came from uh pcw um there's a lot of local guys that I looked up to and went and saw at PCW when I was a kid that I've now wrestled with uh, or trained. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, I bet. That's super cool. So who were, as a kid, watching wrestling, I know you said you were a WWF guy. Jeff Jarrett was your oldest memory. Who were some of your favorites? Like, who were you a big fan of? I was always a big fan of Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior. I actually collect Ultimate Warrior action figures. Um, uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah, I have them in a box. I like we just recently moved into the, into this apartment. And I have them in a box somewhere. And I just haven't put them up yet. But okay. So them two, uh, Shawn Michaels was a big uh, influence on me. Wanted to be a pro wrestler as well. And then uh, I have to give it up to Chris Jericho. If uh, if anybody is on my top one and two, it's top two wrestlers in my mind. Shawn and Chris Jericho. Yeah. See, I'm there with you. A lot of people say Ric Flair is the greatest. A lot of people say Shawn Michaels, and I'm in that. But man, if you, someone told me Chris Jericho, I'm not arguing with him, especially after hearing his commentary. Is there anything this guy can't do? I mean, exactly. This guy is a, the, he's amazing. He does. He's done everything. Uh, and yeah. whatever he, and he's a rock star. Yeah, and whatever he puts his hand in, he he makes it gold. Yeah, just blows my mind. Yeah, absolutely. So you grew up. Your mom is a big professional wrestler. You were watch or a big fan of professional wrestling. Right. You watch wrestling with her what made you actually get the itch to join join the actual business um so it was uh i want to say late 2008 and i before i was in pro wrestling i was in uh i was a screamer in a metal band we actually okay had, that makes sense with your gimmick i can totally yeah, see it. Not, um, not far from it right <laughs> right and it makes even more sense with the first gimmick i ever did which was uh too much metal uh, Gregory James and so um, okay yeah I was I was doing that I we, we just finished recording an album and um, 
I remember I was working at a job where I was like, I was a camera tester. So I would just sit and I would just sit at this computer all day, let a camera take pictures and then see if the cam- if the pictures came out proper, if it, you know, whatever. Anyways. Um, so I was doing that bored out of my mind and I had been playing all the wrestling games my entire life growing up. And I remember telling my girlfriend, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm sick of playing a pro wrestler. I want to actually attempt it. And if I, if I suck at it, I suck at it. And I, at least I know, but I feel like I can. Okay. So I ended up looking for schools, uh, throughout Texas and I ran across MPX, uh, Metroplex Wrestling. So I gave uh, them a call. Called his name is uh, Stephen Kirby. He's still the owner of MPX. He still wrestles to this day. And uh, shout out to him for keeping the DFW scene kind of alive for the last uh, 10 years. But yeah, I called him and I was like, hey, you know, this is what I want to do. This has been a dream of mine. And, you know, I went and took my first bump. I think the, the following weekend, I went and observed. And they were like, you know, this is how you do this. And I did it. And they were like, um, you sure you've never done this before? Like, yeah, I think I've, I've never done it. I've just watched it a lot, you know, and I'm one of those people that's right. always like, I, I knew what it was as a kid. It wasn't like, I wasn't fooled. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I was, yeah. was in on the, I was in on the kayfabe and I understood. Right. Was, and, uh, always wanted to do it you know so i i took to it real quick and um i remember i was doing both music and wrestling for a little while but uh ended up when i had my first match the very following weekend i quit my band and it's been wrestling ever since so you knew what you wanted to do. Like, do you still have a passion for music or do you just, do you pour everything you have into wrestling? Uh, I mean, I, I've talked about it with my wife. Like if I wasn't doing pro wrestling, I would go back to music, but it's not one of those yeah. things sit and go, man, I just, I'm itching to, to be on stage singing again. It's more so like I'll hear a cool song by a band that I used to listen to or I'm just now listening to. Yeah. And it'll give me that itch, but it's not like what it is for pro wrestling. Pro wrestling, I it's I think about it constantly. That's cool. That's really cool. So you've already touched a little bit about this, but I know you mentioned training at multiple schools. So talk about where you trained a little bit more um, and get all, get us all the way up to where you're, where you're working and training now. So... Um, MPX kind of had the uh, rough up and coming that uh, nobody really likes or uh, wants to talk about in, in pro wrestling. It um, you know it started as you know Stephen just with a ring in his backyard and literally wow everyone wants to crap on that but CM Punk built his own ring in his backyard. The Young Bucks are very popular for doing that, actually. Like, they, yeah, even the advertisement for the book, they've got footage of that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's, I think that's a good thing, if anything else. I mean, it stood the test of time. I mean, now he has his own building, he runs a show weekly, uh, minus the quarantine time. But, you know, he got a building probably about seven or eight months into training, you know, just, you know, in the backyard, trying to get, you know, 
constantly finding a building. I remember talking with him all the time. When are we going to get a building? Hey, what do you think about this place? What's it going to cost? And then, you know, we finally found a building and they let us run our first show, which, uh, you know, we did our first show and then the following week we were moving out. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. We had to find a new building. I think it was the following week or the following month. I know it was like very close timeline because uh, we were scrambling to find a new building. But the gym owner that let yeah. us, you know, rent, why did that happen? The gym owner that let us rent the first building, I believe he thought he was going to be getting more. There was like a contract negotiation that didn't go so well or they were interpreted. Uh, so it is what it is. We moved on to another building, which was a way better situation for us. Uh, and uh, MPX ran there for like five or six years until that went wow. down. So, uh, and then Stephen was able to uh, actually find his own building and get that. And MPX has been running for 10 years minus the six months they were closed because they lost the building. So literally they've only had, uh, you know, whereas a lot of other companies, independent companies, you know, they might not run a show every month or you know once every three months or every nine months or every year mpx has ran consistently minus six months that's really awesome yeah i was i was very proud to be a part of that and uh i had to move on you know i had to move to a different city and you know in that i found a new school and that's uh you know reality of wrestling i think i pretty uh you know i got a pretty good deal (laughs) yeah i mean that's pretty awesome so I know reality of wrestling is Booker T school. So do you usually train with him? I mean, I know as busy as he is, I'm sure he's not there all the time. He's not there all the time. No, but, um, we have him there. Uh, there's nights he'll come in and, uh, he walks in and picks you and somebody else. And he's like, all right, tell me a story and just sits down and wait and waits for you to, to do as you have been taught to do. And yeah. then he you. Uh, then we have film study. So we get to sit, in Booker's office and we'll all sit there and just uh, call out matches and we'll, you know, we'll go over them. Uh, it's been, uh, he, he is a well of knowledge and the, I bet. that, uh, the things that a lot, I feel like a lot of guys, uh, like veterans or, uh, your peers, as you're coming up, they, a lot of the advice you get from others sometimes isn't put in the right words. And I feel like some of those things that I was missing, um, as far as like, what am I doing wrong or what can I improve on? Uh, I may have been told before, but the way Booker put it in my mind, it, it, it made sense. And, uh, I've only been there for like a year and uh, a couple months, but just within that time, I have learned so much. And for me personally, I feel like my wrestling has improved. It's got, it's gone through the roof. Yeah. Well, that's great. I, mean, I think that can happen too, because even if, you know, at your first school, it could have been uh, an amazing experience and they could have done a really great job. It's not necessarily that this school is doing something better, but it's just doing something different. So it's, it's adding to your repertoire, right? Yeah. Plus you have, uh, you have different, you, you learn from different people. You know, I think I've, I've, I've told this to other people that have asked me, you know, what do you think, of, where do you think I should go or what school would you pick? I always say learn from as many people as you can because it was yeah. like I had my school, but it was also the seminars that I did. And anytime I, there was a seminar coming up, I was going to do it. It was, uh, you know, I was going to do a Lance Archer seminar. Uh, I've done a Funaki seminar, done Yoshitatsu, 
Steve Carino, uh, Bob Evans, the list goes on and on. But the more you learn and, and pick the brains of more and more people, the more you're going to, you know, expand your knowledge. So uh, yeah. I would say, you know, it, it's all about broadening your horizons, I think. Yeah, it's like taking different college courses, basically. You're learning from different professors, and they, even though they might be teaching the same subject, you're learning different things about it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's really smart. So before you start a match, do you have any rituals that you do every single time? Uh, I'm, always gonna, I'm always going to stretch. Uh, I'm always going to pace in a circle while I'm doing high knees. Uh, <laughs> I'm always going to go through the match a hundred times in my head if there's anything that I feel uncomfortable about but the primary thing I do and it's usually like once my music uh, hits and it's that time right before I'm cued to walk out it's I I shut my eyes I take a big deep breath and I calm down and then I walk out so are you so you still get nerves even after all this time yeah I mean I, I get nerves there's not like it's not like it used to be where I was completely shaky, but it's one of those, like, yeah. it's, I have to, uh, like, sometimes you can be too motivated and therefore you can actually uh, hinder your performance. So calming yourself down sometimes and bringing yourself back to your 100% uh, rather than being 150% could, could provide you with a better result. Yeah. And that's actually, I get that. That makes sense. Uh, I think uh, Andy Dalton told me about like just just taking that moment to breathe, uh, which you know, I believe he heard he was told that from Adam Cole. That's something Adam Cole does. Before yeah, he walks out. So uh, I definitely uh, definitely do that. Okay, that's cool. So you said you used to get really nervous. So let's let's go back ten ten ish years ago. Let's talk about your very first match in front of a crowd. So how did that feel? And and tell me about walking through the curtain the first time. Um, well, that match was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> As most first matches are, right? It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, it uh, like I've been on stage from you know throughout my teenage years. I was always in bands, and so I was always on the stage from the yeah. time I was like sixteen and beyond. So it just translated, you know, it wasn't uh, like, I didn't really have like stage fright. We had, you know, gone over the match so many times. I knew it, you know, like the back of my hand. So it was me and another guy named Kyle Vallo who does not wrestle anymore. Mm-hmm. I was more confident in me remembering the match than I remember being confident in him remembering the match. Right. <laughs> no discredit to him, but uh, I remember, my mom, my grandmother, my girlfriend and all of her, her sister, like I had a couple of family members there and then my band was there. The guys that were in my band and their girlfriends. And, uh, so you basically supplied the crowd for this show. Uh, like 10 of them. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it was, I think there was at least, uh, 70, 60, 70 people in the small gym, in the small, uh, like hardcore lifting facility. Yeah. But, I know I I provided the PA system. I do I did provide that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's, yeah, that's cool, man. yeah. So that match sucks, <laughs> but I was <laughs> uh, winning it all one hundred and thirty pounds of me when I was mm-hmm. wrestling. 
I saw your post on Instagram recently, your 10-year challenge or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not hip to Instagram, but I saw your picture from 10 years ago and now, and you you have definitely put on some muscle, dude. Uh, yeah, I uh, was. it was one of those things. It was like, uh, I'm either going to or I'm not going to, and uh, definitely not lifting weights and not working on your body is is not going to get you uh is not going to help your case in the pro wrestling world unless you, right unless you make it your shtick yeah let me ask you this then this is kind of off the off the wall i do not have this question written down so you're obviously a lot more muscular now than you used to be right and i know you're obviously more experienced now but is moving around in the ring much more difficult when you've got that muscle packed on you uh, you're, you you make it sound like I'm I'm uh, Hammerstone or something. <laughs> no, I mean you're obviously bigger than you were ten years ago. Yeah, no. Um, if if you don't stretch, no matter how much muscle you have, if you don't stretch, uh-huh. you're not going to be flexible. So moving okay. is going to be hard in in general. So uh, for everyone that listens to this, uh, stretch, stretch, stretch before and after a match. And before and after you train. But if you look at Brock Lesnar, that dude it moves like a cruiserweight or moved like a cruiserweight when he started pro wrestling right. because of his you know prior wrestling uh, skill. But also the dude was just trained like a machine and that, that in part, or uh, stretching is in part of that training. So you can have that muscle. It's how you learn how to utilize it. Yeah. And I think more and more people are realizing that. I mean, you realize what, you know, big muscular wrestlers, talk, let's talk about Lex Luger, right? Like, can you yeah. see Lex Luger doing, you know, a moonsault even? And no. everyone and their mother does a moonsault today, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you look back at those wrestlers in the 80s and, and 90s, they were big yeah. dudes, but they were so stiff. Like, just, you could tell yep. the way they walked. They could barely bend yeah. up across their toes, and it's, you know, it's from wear and tear on you know our bodies from what we do but it's also you don't stretch that wear and tears is going to be 10 times worse yeah 100 percent. so you just told me that your first match was no good let's talk about one of your good matches so i've done some research and uh some i've watched some of your matches on youtube i want you to tell me about your absolute favorite match you've ever had and tell me why it was your favorite I've been trying to decide this ever since you sent me the list of questions. <laughs> you can give me more than one if you want. That's fine. I have a few that come to mind. I want to say one of my favorites would have to be me versus Mecha Wolf. Okay. It was just, it was, it was so athletic and so, uh, so fun uh, being in the ring with, uh, with, with, with Mecha Wolf. Um, Plus, it's always fun to have somebody hit me as hard as I want to be, or as I, as I hit somebody else, <laughs> right? Uh, or as I feel like people, uh, as hard as I hit other people. But um, it would have to be him, me versus Barrett Brown. But I can't decide which one. Every time we have a match, it's always we're always trying to top the last one we had with each other. It's like a competition with ourselves. Anytime I wrestled Barrett Brown, possibly the cage match I had with Barrett because it was, it was, I think it was like my first cage match or my second cage match. No, it was, it was my first cage match. And we, we had a lot of fun in that. And then I want to say probably me and Brian Cage. 
that was a really fun match. I bet Brian is is just real is fun to talk to and and fun to uh, bounce ideas off of. You've been in the ring with some pretty big names. Like I saw Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy. Uh, you mentioned Brian Cage. I know you've been in the ring with Alex Shelley. So who who do you think after? Or let me ask you the question this way: Have you ever been in the ring and you've just been kind of starstruck because you're like, "Wow, this guy, you know, works for AEW or was in WWE." Does that ever happen to you? Um, whenever I wrestled Sammy and Matt, uh, Sammy was still like the independence. He wasn't signed yet. Right. I think Sammy came out first or I came out. I just remember standing in the middle of the ring and the lights dropped down and Matt Hardy's coming out and I just like the lights are off so nobody can see me, but I broke character. That's one of the times where I was like, holy, holy crap. I'm standing in the ring right. and Matt Hardy is walking to the ring to wrestle me, yeah. Sammy, but me as well. <laughs> and, uh, it's so cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool considering I had been playing, you know, wrestling video games with him in the video game since No Mercy, you know. Yeah. Since I was like 11, 12 years old. So it was really, really cool. That would have to be probably the biggest one. I haven't got to wrestle Jeff Jarrett yet. It's on my list, but I've, yeah. uh, I've, I've trained with Jeff. Uh, so that was really cool to, to go from that first memory where, you know, I saw him as a little baby to, and I actually have a picture of him holding me with my mom as a baby to, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Two years ago, I trained with him at a hybrid school of wrestling, uh, which is in San Antonio. And if anybody's listening, go check out hybrid pro wrestling school (laughs) as well as reality wrestling. But yeah, that's definitely going to be one of those that if I ever get to wrestle Jeff here, it's going to be one of those starstruck moments. All right. So, You've you've gone through a, a couple gimmicks over the years. I know you said originally you were too much metal, and now you're unholy, and you've had a couple different names as Gregory and Isaiah. Tell me about how your character has changed over the years. So the um, the original character was just too much metal. It was like I used to be a front man, so it was an easy transition. Uh, I come out, you know, put the metal horns up, and woo, come on, very cheesy. Very easy. Yeah. But then my, one of my, uh, one of my other trainers that was also at MPX, uh, his name was Carrion. Uh, he was retiring and they needed somebody to take over his group of minions. The, they were called the following. And it was right about that time where, uh, everybody was talking about turning me heel after I'd been faced for like two years, basically. So okay. I'll, yeah, I'll do it. So I became uh, the unholy Gregory James, uh, and the name the unholy comes from my favorite Kiss song, Unholy. Okay. But uh, Nigel Rabbit is a is a manager here in Texas, and he was like the first person mm-hmm. to like ever dub me unholy. So I I went with that as my uh, my new gimmick, and it kind of it just it stuck. It was always like this weird cult leader deal, and uh, at MPX. You know, because I was there for so long, everybody like I was supposed to be super mega heel, but there's like it just it caught on with the fans. Everybody was like, as soon as I'd walk out, everybody's doing the pose that I used to do. Um, everybody was like grooving along with the music and totally into the character, and it was it was fun. But the character uh, definitely took took a, a weird road and has gone down different versions of the character. Yeah, 
it's always been at its core a cult leader in a way. But like there was a moment in time, like I started wearing face paint in 2014, like religiously, because Ultimate Warrior died. And that was like me paying him yeah. him. And so I started painting my face every night for wrestling. And that always it was always changing. It went from like a half face to a full face to having teeth to cracks to eventually uh I did an alien face for a little while. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Uh I think that was like twenty sixteen. I was going with the alien look for a while because it was like in my in my mind the character could be from out of this world because that in itself is unholy because it's not yeah. you know so it was like this weird tie that I put in together and then it kind of all came back around to almost the original version of the cult leader but just different face paint um okay now, and now it's like uh, I'm in the legion at at reality wrestling but it's it's a cult in a way but there's no leader in our in our faction it's it's me uh sean Hendricks, we have cedric Payne, and uh insidious but we're all equal there's no leader okay we are just the legion we're a collective that's pretty cool <laughs> but uh yeah it's kind of just played around in the the dark cult leader realm okay and so you you mentioned before we started when we were chatting that you have been in a couple different groups all named Legion. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell yeah. me a little bit about that? So I've been in three groups named Legion. Uh, Inspire Pro, I was the leader of the Legion. I had uh, Jeff Gant and Morbidus as my minions. And then I went to Louisiana. When I started working in Louisiana, there was a group that I ended up taking over there called Legion with uh jeremiah and the minotaur both of these were short-lived but they were two different groups i was in them roughly around the same time but they had no affiliation with each other (laughs) that is so funny that's so it's so strange but then i moved on you know i moved to houston uh back in december of 2018 and started working with Booker and, and Reality of Wrestling and immediately was thrown into their dark group because I am a dark gimmick by nature. Yeah, makes sense. And it just so happens that their name is Legion. And, ended up, <laughs> <laughs> and they had a leader. That leader disappeared. I ended up becoming like the leader for like two or three months until the original leader, Sean Hendricks, was rebirthed through a seance slash promo sl- <laughs> promo seance <laughs> that I did <laughs> and now he has risen from a body bag that Clay Roberts put him in like a year and a half two years ago <laughs> so it's this Absolutely. crazy story that's why life. I love independent wrestling man you don't see that stuff in WWE no no we try we try to make our stuff uh, fun and have some continuity uh, in some yeah. weird way but yeah yeah, I'm trying to like change the i'm always trying to find a way to change isaiah in some way to make him more relatable i understand that goth kids we live too you know it's all right yeah you know i got a I got absolutely an apartment <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, let me ask you this, man, because you, you mentioned earlier the pose you used to do. So I saw you do a pose that looked kind of like a cross, like your, your arms are out almost like a cross. Is mm-hmm. that something that – is it the same one you're talking about, or did you used to have a different pose? So when I first started, it was like – when I first started doing this gimmick, this uh, unholy character, it was 2012. And the pose came about by accident, actually. I was uh, – like I, as I turned, but the way my character turned is I turned on my best friend, hit him in the back okay. of the steel chair, which his name is Barrett Brown, as we mentioned earlier. And uh, so I ended up hit him in the back of the chair. I set the chair down and I sat in the chair and just, I reached out. Have you seen, you've seen Ninja Turtles, right? Where, Absolutely. oh dude, I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Matter of fact, we just rewatched the first two movies last week. Right. The, uh, the samurai, the bald guy where he reaches out and he closes his fist and yeah. all the foot ninjas attack. I did that, but I didn't close my fist. But like, as I reached my hand out, my minions, they attacked. And so that became my pose was just reaching out towards my opponent. And it's also the song that I used to come out to was personal Jesus. And it, and it, it says, reach out and touch faith. So when the crowd would do my pose, I would say they were reaching out to touch faith, faith being me. Yeah. I'm their leader. So that's how that came about. And then I just, I, I, I got, re- I, I still get sick and tired of this. Um, I see everyone do that pose now, like for yeah. no reason. It has no continuity with their character. makes no sense. Uh, they're just doing it because they think it looks cool. And yeah, it's, uh, it's driven me up the walls for a couple of years, but I've stopped doing it. So then I switched to doing the, uh, the sacrilegious pose, the cross pose. Yeah. Uh, or a scarecrow, if uh, you know some people want to go that route. Yeah, I started doing it, you know, just because you know, like uh, you know, paying homage to that whole reach out and touch faith thing. I'm on the cross. Yeah. Insidious, my uh, follower, Insidi- the Insidious one, she does the reach out pose, and I do the cross pose. So that's where that ties in together. But I didn't know, and just recently noticed through going down the rabbit hole in Instagram that Marty, yeah. uh, Marty, but uh, Vinny from Ring of Honor does the same kind of pose. And I like, now it's like, okay, can't do that one. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I didn't know because I, 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 I know Vinny. I've worked at Ring of Honor and I've been around Vinny. You know, I'm, I'm not living under a rock, but I didn't know he did the pose. Yeah. Now I do. So now it's back to the drawing board. Well, I think a lot of people don't realize is they think that if you're a wrestler, you have your pulse everywhere, right? You don't. Like, the there was a talk as Jericho just came out with Britt Baker, and she's like, I didn't know Bailey did the role model. Everyone is saying that I copied her, and I had no idea. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can't be expected to keep your eye on every single thing, you know, when you're a wrestler. You're, you're not just a wrestling fan. That's your whole job. So you're not watching the, you know, the competition and all the indies. There's no way to keep keep up with all that. Absolutely, absolutely. There's just too many of us now. There's so many wrestlers yeah. in the world that we all look alike, talk alike, sound alike, pose alike. I've seen people with uh, the same gear ideas that I've never even met. But you know, it's just because we all have similar influences from growing up. We're all '80s and '90s kids at this point, so we're all yeah. take from something that we watch that somebody else watched. In fact. Dan Housen, I know his character is based a lot of uh, on uh, he's a demon coming from hell and he had a box. He found a box of VHS tapes with wrestling 
And like, that was like, that's his story, but that's also like some people grew up like that. Right. And I'm sure that's how he grew up too. Yeah. Or it could be. So you, you've worked, let me ask you this actually. I know you've worked both face and heel. Has, has your unholy gimmick ever been a face? Oh, all the time. Really? Yeah. The unholy, it's weird because I've, I've had a lot of people go, I've like, I've had a lot of people go, we've never seen this before, but uh, we've had an entire room chant unholy for 15 minutes. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm supposed to be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No. Yeah. It's definitely happened a lot. Um, I think a lot of people just, they, they are in touch with their goth side or they look cool, but yeah, I've I've been a face um, a lot. Only in the last couple of years have I really been prominently heel. Really? Yeah. Which do you prefer working face or heel? Um, I like being. I like doing. I like. I like working face. I will say, because uh, I get to do some flashier, cool stuff. Yeah. But I do enjoy working as a heel. Uh, it's it's uh, it's fun to get to have that. Uh, control over the crowd in a way yeah and plus it's all it's 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 fun getting booed it's really fun to be (laughs) (laughs) that's cool so let me ask you this if you could wrestle anybody anybody at all from any point in wrestling history who would it be and why i could wrestle anybody anyone oh man hmm it's a hard question, right? This is, this is kind of the question where I ask everyone and they're like, man, I'm stumped. I don't know. But I usually get an answer, but they have to think about it. Hmm. That one, it's either I got, I got, I think three for you. It would have to be either John Cena, uh, Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair. And why? Okay. So it's, yeah, I'm about to say Cena's sticking out to me as a very different worker than the other two. So tell me why. Because they are the biggest of their time. Okay, that makes sense. They're the like yeah, that's good. me me personally, I'm a huge John Cena fan. And I was not okay. when he first came up on the scene, I was not a huge Cena fan. I did not like Cena. But the level of commitment that Cena has for pro wrestling, I admire. And that alone has made me a giant John Cena fan. Over the last, uh, I want to say four or five years, honestly, ever since he started working with CM Punk, he really grew as a pro wrestler. Uh, you know, in his not only in his moves, but in how he told his stories. It, it, I can't find a bad John Cena match. I can't. That's awesome. And same That's goes funny. for the other two. Same really does go for the other two, Ric Flair and John and uh, Shawn Michaels. You can't find a bad match. No, it's almost impossible. Absolutely. So, therein lies. My other reason. <laughs> That's good. So before we before we wrap up, you had some experience and you were actually on WWE television. And I remember seeing that because I was watching uh, a YouTube video and I don't remember if it was on your page or someone else, but it was like, uh, Isaiah James highlights. And that's, that's the first video I watched. I'm like, okay, let me see what this guy's all about. And I saw Akam and Razor throwing you all around the ring. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's really a highlight as a, you know, (laughs) but, you know, as a worker appearing on WWE is kind of a big deal. So tell us about that. That's definitely a highlight for me. I I actually asked for that to be put in there. (laughs) Footage, I believe you probably saw it either on my Instagram or my uh, my Twitter, either one of those. Okay. 
because um, I know it's pinned on my Twitter wall, but I couldn't have asked for a better uh, situation because uh, I was not only in my hometown in uh, a WWE ring in front of uh, my wife who was in the crowd and my mom who was in the uh, who was in the crowd. It was also Barrett Brown next to me in that tag match. And if anybody knows the relationship that Barrett Brown and I have, we are like we are super close. We're we're. I consider him one of my best friends and it's very rare to find somebody in the pro wrestling business that is your best friend. And, uh, for him to be in a Monday night raw ring with me for the very first, like our first time together, uh, it was, it was, I couldn't have asked for a better situation. It was nerve wracking because it's obviously live television, but I was a hundred percent confident that, uh, what we were about to do as far as going out there for that one minute that we were out there, it was going to be easy. One of the easiest nights of my life. <laughs> yeah. Mine is getting booted in the face, but. Uh, <laughs> Those are some big boys, man. They're big old yeah. guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they're very talented. They're super, super professional. Oh, I bet. I bet. So if we, to close it out, if we want to see you wrestle now, where can we go? Um, I have a YouTube channel. Okay. We're all in quarantine. We can't um, see me wrestle live at the moment. Uh, but if you go to YouTube and type in The Unholy Network, you'll see uh, some of my matches, uh, me versus Brian Cage. Um, most of my matches that I've had at Reality of Wrestling, I believe I've uh, got the isolated footage on my page. If not, it is on the Reality of Wrestling YouTube page, which you can also find them on YouTube. You can find it on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Primarily the Reality of Wrestling or my YouTube page. Okay, cool. And will you share your social media with us as well? Yes. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as UnholyDiver27. And you can find my Facebook page. Just type in The Unholy. Uh, there's a few of them, but you'll just you'll you'll find the picture of me on the really ugly face with the O on my forehead. <laughs> I have to say, dude, the the paint that you have or or whatever the makeup that you use is so unique. It gives you such a different look. Like I was telling you before we started, I marked out a little bit uh, because I went and watched some of your matches, and uh, I'm like, man, this guy's like. He's legit. You know, this is really, really good stuff. And I tell you, you've already made a new, at least one new fan just yeah. by being on here because I love your stuff, man. It's good stuff. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. So you have a pro wrestling tea store too, right? Yes. And you can find that under Unholy Diver 27 as well. So I like the shirt, the, the one that says Isaiah is coming for you. It kind of reminds me of like Slender Man. Is that what you were going for? Yes, uh, the guy that designed it uh, is a good friend of mine. He uh, he took a photo of, from uh, my Facebook page. That's it's actually a photo of me, but he elongated all the arms and fingers and, and legs and made it look all like Slenderman. So I was uh, I was definitely happy. That's really creepy, and I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today, man. We really, really appreciate it. This has been Indie Focus, episode number four, with the unholy. Isaiah James, make sure you check out his social media, his YouTube, and watch him on Reality of Wrestling. You can follow me at on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleLifeMatt. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at WrestleLifeRadio. And you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleLifePod. And remember, more than anything, hashtag support indie wrestling. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this last almost hour. Have a great day. Peace.